Welcome to Mirepoix Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Schubach. I'm a writer, theater maker, and food enthusiast, and I'm taking you on a journey through food, family, and culture via the lens of food practice and tradition. Our guest today is Chantelle Johnson. Up first, a word from our sponsors. This is Mirepoix. Hi, Chantelle. Thank you so much for being here. Who the heck are you? Who the heck is Chantelle Johnson? <laughs> I am a Chicago actor. I'm also a full-time registered pediatric nurse here. Um, I'm a wife. I'm a mother. And I am an artist. That's me. And I like food. I like food a lot. <laughs> That's awesome. That's wonderful. Um, what do you usually say is your favorite food? When people ask me, usually my reply is going to be a good, beefy, cheesy lasagna. That's usually my answer. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it could vary by day, but for the most part, a good lasagna is my favorite food. Absolutely. Lasagna is one of mine, too. Oh, Where, so good. Do you, do you prefer homemade or do you? Yes. Do you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can go to Italian restaurants or restaurants or have other people cooking. I'm like, it's good, but there's just something about mama's lasagna. It yeah. just hits home, you know, Absolutely. so good. And I know we're mm-hmm. both fans of uh, Golden Crest, incidentally. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I, I can't remember if I've ever had Golden Crest lasagna because it was always like we ordered the football pizza and we just yeah. kept it moving. But I hear like they've made a lot of changes in the last few years. So yeah. I, I would have to try the lasagna. Just at least give them the benefit of the doubt. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, what about what's your favorite food and beverage pairing? Okay, so it's, it was, it's a toss-up because some days I really want, like, some buffalo wings and a good cold, like, summer shandy. But for the most part, I'm going to say the best pairing would be steak tacos and an icy cold margarita from Garcia's. Oh, yeah. From Garcia's. <laughs> but I need, like, the taco to be, like, super, like, authentico. Like, I need cilantro, onions, salsa, and a good limey margarita. On, on the rocks. I don't like the slushy kind. It needs Me to be either. on the rocks. <laughs> Huh? You take salt? Yes, you have to. You got to sip and lick. Sip and lick. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. I sometimes sprinkle a little salt in um, to, like, infuse it all. You're fancy. I know. I am fancy. <laughs> I'm also a huge fan of salt, which I think will come up a lot in this podcast. Um, what about, what's your favorite hot breakfast? You know, I'm pretty simple when it comes to breakfast. Hot coffee has to be involved pretty much through the day, but I start the day with hot coffee. And I just like a good buttermilk pancake, like buttery crust, like a simple pancake with warm syrup. I know I'm going to be a little bougie with the warm syrup, but I want warm (laughs) syrup. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much my go-to. And like, or a good like skillet or scramble, like an indulgent one, like a gyro skillet, something crazy like that golden nugget would serve, that type of, you know, scramble. With like one too many ingredients, yeah. <laughs> one too many. And you're just like, my mouth is it's just mouth overload. Is this yeah. meat or is this cheese or is this tomato? I don't really know, but it's delicious. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm a big uh, hot breakfast fan, which is why they're Yeah. Cool. Um, what about, what's your favorite theme park or country fair or street festival food? Kettle corn. Oh, yeah. Corn. All the time. Like, if I'm thinking we're going to a carnival, like, that's the first thing I'm thinking about is, I yeah. hope they have kettle corn. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you ever make it at home or is 
Uh, no, I should. I mean, I feel like it's so simple, but I've never made it at home. I just keep that as like that tradition. If we go to Six Flags or to like a fair or a carnival, I'm like I'll just save it as when I go to those places, I enjoy that. But I, I think I'm at this point in life, how the world is now, I might have to learn to make it at home. <laughs> yeah, well, that's where, yeah, we're not, we might not get a festival for all. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I know it, I know it. Uh, what about guilty pleasure food? Do you have one? I got a lot, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're like guilty pleasure foods. Um, but I think the main one for me, cause I don't get it very often. And when I do eat it, I just, in my mind, I'm just like, this is so good, but this is so bad. Um, is the cheesecake factory. It's the red velvet cheesecake. And it's like this tall. I mean, it's like a foot tall and it's yeah. red velvet cake, cheesecake, white chocolate cream. And then it like repeats itself like 80 times. It's so good. That was some vanilla ice cream. Thank you. Oh, That's yeah, what I want. <laughs> so good. That's the dream. I mean, if oh you're going gosh. to the Cheesecake Factory, you better be getting cake. You have, you have to. It's, yeah. it's the rule. <laughs> it's their whole deal. Um, <laughs> although I did just hear that actually they're pretty, um, they're surprisingly uh, vegetarian and vegan friendly. I just watched something yeah. about it. And I did find that surprising because since Guilty Pleasures is their sort of go-to, I was surprised they had, you know, alterations available. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I thought that was nice. Smart, yeah, food, nice, right? Yeah, exactly. Especially with the way, you know, people's diets are changing and they're more yeah. self-conscious of what they're eating. For sure. Well, we're learning a lot about our bodies, especially as we move into adulthood, right? Oh my gosh. Tell me about it. <laughs> I've never loved cauliflower so much in my life. Oh yeah. It can, it changes form. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I've been ignoring the fact that I have a hard time uh, digesting onions for a while and I just oh no I just keep ignoring it <laughs> yeah yeah like, that's in my mind not yeah, real exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about what's a food with, that you eat when things get rough um you know it's always something that kind of gives that's gonna sound weird but like gives that mouth that fulfillment feeling like things that are bready so honestly mm. like and it doesn't even matter the quality like I just want like a good donut or like a good cake yeah. Um, that's usually the go-to that gives me like that few seconds of let me think about what's happening and kind of do stress in my mind, but really things that kind of offer that fulfillment, like a good, do like a good sand donut. Oh yeah. I'll take it. I'll take a three day old Dunkin' Donut at, at that point. I mean, I don't really care. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> when things are getting rough, sometimes we, we eat with some <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's right. That's right. Uh, I, for me, it depends on what's gone rough. Like if I've had a late yeah. night, that's a very different uh, uh, form yeah. of stimuli than if I'm sad. <laughs> but what would you, if it was late night, what would you do? Always yellow curry. Um, yeah? Medicinal food. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it maybe literally is because turmeric is an anti-inflammatory. Like I think that some of the ingredients have medicinal qualities. Yes. Um, but when I'm, when I'm sad, I probably want like fast food. Uh, for like, sure kind of like you said or alluded to like that feeling of you know exactly what it's going to taste like yeah every time I've gone to Olive Garden it's tasted exactly the same and exactly and it makes it dependable right exactly yeah because there's so many factors in life we can't control and then if we know we can like zoom in on that one thing we have an idea and control of such yeah. as like Olive Garden breadsticks. I know what this will taste like and I know how I'm going to feel while I'm eating it. And I know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you have a control for that moment. 
Yeah. For sure. I, I get it. And for better or for worse, you know exactly how you're going to feel after. <laughs> you, you know, you are so right. <laughs> Sitting in the car, a little bit of regret, but you know yeah. what? We did it. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder if there's, um, I wonder if there's overlap between some guilty pleasure foods and some, you know, um, emotional uh, eating, right? Like we, yeah. because we know them, they, they're tried and true. We wouldn't call them guilty pleasures if we didn't feel terrible about eating them or our, why they're there our go-to at that moment in, in time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the oh. names, namesake of this show, which is the classic base to many recipes, is mirepoix. Um, and that uh, is a three-ingredient combination. Mirepoix, uh, you know, refers to the, the French starter of meals. But the mm -hmm. idea of a three-ingredient holy trinity we see it all over the globe with different, different ingredients, right? Um, yeah. And it manifests in different ways. What, what do you see as your mirepoix? What are three or, you know, uh, a few ingredients that you use on a regular basis to start a cooking process? Yeah. So usually, of course, I mean, I don't think oil is going to pretty much a base, but usually for a lot of the cooking I do, um, it's probably, uh, it's a little bit more than three, but it's sofrito. Um, so my grandmother has taught us that we puree, you know, green peppers, cilantro, garlic, pretty much for the base, some oil. Um, and we make it in bulk. We put them in um, ice cube trays. We freeze them. So if we're making a soup, if we're making a stir fry, if we're making rice, we kind of throw that in the pot. So there's like, I mean, it's essentially like a mere block, you know, it's, yeah. it's a bunch of things in one cube. But I guess I would say the base would be onions, garlic, and cilantro. Yeah. Um, are pretty much the main three that I would start with. But that cilantro cube, for sure, it's just in the freezer and it's like, you know, the go-to. <laughs> yeah, it's so smart and, yeah, efficient, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was mm -hmm. reading, some reading into Sofrito and it has, that that is, you know, it's like the sister of mirepoix, right? And it, yeah. that itself has taken on many um, forms across the globe um, and mm -hmm. often following the Spanish colonial line, right? So yeah like all over South America, you see like little alterations in what those handful of ingredients are, but they all serve mm -hmm. that same purpose of starting the dish, right? Yeah, yeah, very cool. And when I started looking into this, I, you know, you can actually buy some of it jarred, like someone else mm -hmm. has done the work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to start your meal, which is fascinating. Yeah, it's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. But nothing, you know, it's it's nice, especially in the world, well, pre-COVID, but, you know, before that, where things were super fast-paced, and let's, you know, try the best to make it as home-cooked as we can. Sometimes yeah. that jar sofrito kind of helps at the page. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely, because that's half the battle sometimes is yeah. starting the process of making, you know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, next question is, what's in your fridge? What are the items that you can always find in your kitchen or pantry? Yeah, you know, I always have a jar of minced garlic, always. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I use it for everything, but it's always there. I always have soy sauce and teriyaki sauce, mm -hmm. just in case. I feel like those are like the easiest kind of quickest things to whip up, get some white rice going and do a quick stir fry. Um, and cheese, like I, <laughs> yeah. in many forms, brick, shredded, sliced. I just have a bunch of cheese. Those are pretty much the main things I have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, critical. <laughs> I mean, soy sauce for me because it goes back to my salt obsession. But oh yeah, <laughs> yeah those are those are huge. The minced garlic is huge too. I think that takes mm -hmm. a big step out of that process, right? Yeah, 
yeah, that's a lot of work to mince garlic. But again, one of those things that you can spend all Sunday kind of getting together and doing and peeling and chopping. But it's a nice little convenience, you know, that we have. Absolutely. So that's, yeah. that's a perfect transition to the next question. Uh, you were nine years old. Who is in your mm. kitchen? Who is doing the cooking? And what are they making? I'm nine years old, and my mother is making arrocungandule because we ate that a lot, so rice and beans. And I was usually in charge of cutting up the head of lettuce. Like I was making the side salad, so I was, you know, shredding yeah. the lettuce or peeling the the cucumber. Um, but it's just such a strong memory, like coming home from school and, sh uh, and she's already starting the pot and this, the head of lettuce is waiting for me. Like, wash your hands, let's go. That's <laughs> so right. that, that, yeah, that's, that takes me back. Takes many hands sometimes. Yeah, for sure. And I'm the oldest of four girls. So we had plenty of hands in the kitchen. Like <laughs> my mom and my, and us four girls were in there cooking. You know, that but it actually... always started with the, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it always started with my mom and myself as, you know, and then the three younger would kind of creep in like, what can I do? I'm like, well, it's done now. Yeah. <laughs> We're finished. I don't know if you know this about me, but I have a really strong memory. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that just reminded me of something you told me, I mean, what, 20 years ago about probably when you're, it was time to clean the house and your mom would get everybody involved <laughs> and you, you would talk about, um, listening to Sade while cleaning. Yes! Yeah! Oh my <laughs> God, Joe! <laughs> and scrubbing the floor to smooth operator, I think? Smooth operator, baby, yes! Smooth <laughs> out the floor. <laughs> Sade, house music. So Chicago house music, Sade, and like merengue were the three. That's like the mere paw of us cleaning the house on a Sunday. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, like when we heard that, we're like, all right, we know it's time. Let's go. <laughs> Clean that, the house. Oh yeah, that yeah. It's, if you see the head of lettuce, you know what's happening, and if you hear Sade, you know what's happening. Exactly. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you remember that. I've got so <laughs> many, so many things trapped up here. I don't know <laughs> what my brain's doing with them. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, uh, next one. This is related, right? If we aren't eating blank, then yeah. it isn't blank. If we aren't eating birthday cake, then it isn't a birthday party. It yeah. just, it's not. I need, like, when someone says they're having a birthday party, in my mind already, I'm like, yes, gifts, yes. But I need to make sure we're having cake because it's, <laughs> like, it just has to be there. And what's, what's your go-to cake for your celebration? You know, we, I really love simple cakes. I love a good yellow sheet cake with, like, just, like, white frosting, like, simple. And it has to be, like, at room temperature. There's something about a room temperature oh yellow cake to me um I don't know it's just it's you can really taste like the butter in that in that cake and the texture is different some people really prefer like a nice cold cake I love room temperature yellow sheet pan like that <laughs> so you know pre everything it was always Costco we would kind of get that basic yellow cake um with buttercream frosting um we used to do rosers a lot growing up do you remember rosers bakery at all rosers was a kind of a bigger bakery back in the day i believe they're still around but back in like the 90s um it was like yellow cake and strawberry and that was like their main their main their main seller and a lot of her birthdays growing up was either that cake or a homemade cake for my mom but yeah yellow cake is the go-to for me we definitely <laughs> bought a lot of cakes from the jewel on uh foster and Pulaski. oh yeah <laughs> 
when I was pregnant, I, I loved when they started making the, um, like, single-serve yellow cakes. Like, they have them now, but, like, I think they had started back in, I don't know, at least that's when I started recognizing that they were there. The little yellow cake single-serves at Jewel for, like, a yeah. dollar. That was, like, taking me to the next level when I was pregnant. Like, I was like, I need yellow cake. <laughs> and I can't remember, are you from Albany Park, or did you just? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I grew up on Kenzie and Wilson from Albany Park. I live on the south side now, but I was I was there for 32 years. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Where, where we found each other. Yeah. <laughs> Plaza yeah. Suite and all that fun stuff. That's right. That's right. Yeah, because I was at, um, I was at, well, Spalding in the river, but where Carmen and Spalding mm. met in that, like, yeah. in the that river weird bends. corny, you were in the river bends. That's right. Just around the river bends, <laughs> <laughs> So we were both walking to high school, for sure. We were walking, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, so it's a celebration. How do you know your family was going all out with food? What restaurants did you go to? What plates came out of the cupboard? How big yeah. was the bread? Well, you know, I, we're, we were a family of six in general, so it was always kind of a large gathering to begin with. And, um, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. There were four kids. So when we knew there was a celebration, we were kind of getting, like, the heavier-duty um, paper products. So, like, yeah. the... <laughs> So like the ones with the designs on the edge we're like oh yeah people are coming over like yeah. we knew. <laughs> um but you know we that's when we really knew like yeah we'd get the house clean really well we'd get the heavy duty paper plates the nice cutlery paper plates you know just those type of things um and we were all just cooking like my grandparents lived upstairs from us we lived below and so um when their doors were open and our doors were open we were kind of just up and down with plates as far as like pots and who's cooking who and who's doing the rice and who's doing the meat um and that's how we knew like this was going to be something big uh for the most part like celebrating like good grades or graduation it was we were ordering golden crust so like you had oh, said yeah. that earlier but really that was like we're doing something like we would order a football from golden crust um fries extra garlic sauce like that's what yeah. we ordered or in the rare occasion where we're like, we're going to go out to eat as a family, it was Old Country Buffet. Like, oh, that's yeah. where we went. Yeah. So it's like when people talk about, oh, we went here to this restaurant. Like, for us growing up, like, Old Country Buffet was like, we were stepping out. Yes. <laughs> and it's just such a nice memory not thinking about it. Like, even though at the time, like, my parents, we didn't have a lot of money. Like, just yeah. being together at a table out in celebration of something, it was just, I mean, that's, it's a good memory for me. So. I'm oh, thinking about it, it's gonna make me like, cry. But yeah, I really I know. That, that was growing up. Those are celebrations for us. Pizza and oh, old country yeah. buffet and <laughs> old yeah. country buffet was huge for our family. Uh, Ch Chinese food buffets were were huge. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, before I moved to Chicago, Pizza Hut was a big one for us. That yeah, we, we and we had a lot. I don't know if you remember this, but my parents did foster care, uh, uh -huh. so we had a ton of siblings always in our house. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, bang for our buck was a big deal, you know? Definitely. Yeah. Rolling into yeah, old country buffet and knowing <laughs> everybody could do whatever they wanted to. That was a Yeah. You want peach cobbler first? Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> like, <do it>. Yes. <laughs> my favorite was ending the meal with one more helping of macaroni and cheese. <laughs> oh my God. You had to walk out with the cone, though. You had to, like, oh, yeah. make sure you saw, okay, so you had mac and cheese and then cone on the way out. <laughs> yep, that's exactly right. Oh, my gosh. Um, what, uh, what food for, now, this gets a little redundant, right? But that's okay. What fruit, food for you is home? What recipe do you hope is on the table when you visit family? Yeah, 
so um it's chili it's a good pot of chili when mm. i think of home it's i mean we we made it often it felt a lot of people for pretty cheap um beans and some ground beef so it was for me it's just comforting and it reminds me of home and if i'm coming home to see my mom or whatever i just hope that chili might be started or maybe getting started and if not i'm like you want to make some chili yeah and we'll make chili together <laughs> but yeah chili is, is probably considered home to me yeah i love that yeah that mm -hmm. that resonates with me too um fill in the blank what americans mm -hmm. don't understand about blank is blank you know it took me a minute um to kind of think about this and i i really think that what americans don't understand about food is unity and um I think a lot of times people just associate food with it comes from this place and that's it. But really food, like it's from, it's from all cultures, the way we prepare it, marinating, grilling, baking, where each ingredient, like potato, people are like French fries are American. Um, but the potato like originated in Peru. Like there's so many, like it's, it's one of those things that kind of just is passed around and is created differently by different cultures. Like food really brings us together in terms of like sustenance, comfort and love. But, it's the one thing where we all make <laughs> and we, and we need, and we've like grown together to like, you know, evolve. I just, yeah. food is awesome, man. <laughs> yeah. And you're right. It's one of the few things we, we all do and we all mm -hmm. have to do, but we mm -hmm. have this like compulsion to, to do more than we have to. Right. Yes. Cause yeah. even when, you're making something for sustenance, you're like, well, it's kind of, I got to jazz it up a little, right? Yeah, a little sprinkle of cheese here, it won't hurt. Something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like yeah. that, that's cool. Um, what, what's a food or cuisine that you found in your adult life that changed how you thought about <laughs> So I said it earlier, but I, I, it's true, cauliflower, man. Like I, <laughs> like growing up, cauliflower was cauliflower. That was it. And now it's like cauliflower is a pizza crust. It can be riced. It can be risotto. It can be <laughs> mashed. It really changed my life, especially um, on my weight loss journey. Mm -hmm. It it was like kind of something that I went to and I kind of learned to like do different things with. And Pinterest yeah. was awesome at the time. But cauliflower, definitely. And zucchini, um, I look at differently as an adult and just the different ways we can use it. And it's so good. Like I, especially zucchini, so good. Yeah. Yeah, and like you said, like cauliflower is like, it's almost ridiculously versatile. Yes. You're like, wait a minute, how did I do this? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I'm like, this is amazing rice and it's not even real. Yeah. <laughs> like grain, grains. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, what about, what's your biggest recipe fail? Speaking of rice, it's rice. Um... <laughs> <laughs> My, we had like a little Easter celebration and my grandmother, I wanted to make the Puerto Rican rice because I usually make it in small little batches, but I wanted to make it for everyone coming over. And it was like the mushiest, worst thing I had ever made. It, it was terrible. But my, grandmother, she, my grandmother made a backup. And I don't know if I was more upset that my rice came out bad or that she made a backup because I was yeah. like, you guys didn't have faith in me. I knew what I was doing, but I didn't. I didn't know what I was doing. So that was, I still think about it. I think I was like, 17, 18 at the time. And I still think about that terrible rice. <laughs> I should have made fritters with it or something. Oh yeah, that's smart. Now that I'm older, I'm like, we could have like pounded into some balls and done something with it. But yeah. yeah, at the time I was like, you guys didn't have faith that I could do this. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the hardest part, right? Yeah. I, yeah. Past me has ruined a lot of pots of rice. <laughs> it's wild. Actually. Yeah. Yes. Gotta do but fritters, is, Joe. Say it again. Gotta do fritters. I just gotta do fritters. That's right. <laughs> lemonade, lemonade. Yeah. Um, what's a recipe hack that you found that you'll always stick with? Um, zoodling zucchini. Yeah. <laughs> I love my spiralizer so much. Um, but it's one of the, what, I think I make it at least once a week if I get a good zucchini. Um, I just love spiralizing zucchini um, into zucchini noodles. Um, I just made like zucchini lasagna with a mandolin, kind of oh, creating yeah. like a zucchini noodle that way. Um, make sure you bake them first if you do that to get all the extra water out. That's so that was something no. I had learned the first couple of times. <laughs> but yeah, zucchini, zucchinis, uh, zucchini noodles using that um, spiralizer for sure has been my, my favorite thing I do pretty often now. <laughs> And do you salt them before you bake them? So if I'm doing the zucchini lasagna, I'll sprinkle some salt. I'll bake them for about 10, 15 minutes, pull some of that water out. Yeah. And then as soon as I pull it out, I just pat it with a couple of paper towels and move some of that extra moisture. Um, and it's a, a whole different, it's, it's not a soupy casserole. It really yeah. has that texture of like a lasagna and it holds well. Um, so it's, it's the best thing that I have learned in the last couple of years. That's great. Yeah. I'll, I'll try that. I've done, you know, I've done, um, well, I've done summer squash lasagna, I think, which okay. must be similar because they're sort of buddy. Yeah. 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 I've done lots of baked, uh, eggplant. So I feel like maybe that process is at least friendly. Pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what's a recipe that you highly recommend and what makes it special? Oh, it has to be that zucchini lasagna, Joe. You have That's okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm obviously a fan. Uh, but you have, I mean, that recipe right there, it makes it special. It's low carb. It tastes so good. You can do ground turkey. Instead of ricotta, you can use cottage cheese and an egg. I know that sounds yeah. weird. But it tastes similar. Like the texture once it's baked is very similar. Um, but it's one of those recipes where I would highly recommend trying and having some fun with the zucchini as far as like slicing it and zoodling it and things like that. That's awesome. You're inspired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to get some zucchini. Get a good size too. I know they're a little small right now, but I had went. Do you remember Woodhaven? Does uh -uh. that sound familiar? There's a campground. Um, I know a few people from Chicago have heard of it, but either way, there was um, uh, you you're passing through a lot of cornfields and soy fields and things like that. And on the corner, there's this woman selling these giant, huge zucchini, huge, like two feet long. I'm like, are these normal? But I bought them. And I ate them, and they were delicious. Oh, like, the larger you get them, the, the larger you get them when you mandolin, mandolin them. How do you, what's the hot, mandolin? Well, idea. <laughs> Use the mandolin on them, yeah. Use the mandolin, and they have that nice, long, thick texture of, like, that lasagna noodle. So, like, a good size. I mean, if you get smaller ones and you happen to, like, double up on them, that's fine. But, like, yeah. a good size zucchini will make all the difference. That's awesome. Yeah. I've always been a little bit fearful of the mandolin because like obviously they're incredible but I just like knew two people that cut themselves you know yeah and I was like ah, it's gonna be me <laughs> My, mine comes with this little cup like it's like oh. a finger protector and then yeah. you just hold your hand and you just kind of just hold it it comes with little spikes you can spike it into the veggie and then kind of okay. do one of these things so I I, in the beginning, I was, and then I realized that I had this protector, and I was like, as soon as I got close to it, I had like a still half an inch before I got to the blade, so oh, I was okay. cool. Oh, that's yeah. Cool. So that now, like, sense. yeah, yeah, you have to get the one with the little, little finger protector. <laughs> <laughs> it's important. You need those. 
<laughs> we need our fingers. That's right. It's just part of the thing. Um, what chef or food practitioner do you recommend? I'm going to start that question over. <laughs> what chef or food practitioner do you recommend looking into? Um, you know, it's somebody that I just recently started watching on Netflix. Her name is Nadia. Oh, Nadia yeah. Hussein. I, and I'm, she, I am, was oblivious to her and I was looking her up. I had watched her show and she is so amazing and inspiring. So she's on Netflix right now. There's a show called Time to Eat. Um, yeah. It's on one season, but she's preparing like simple comfort foods, easy family friendly family friendly dishes um and I was like oh she won like the British Bake Off in 2015 and like she has all these little shows in between um uh, I just thought she was like an amazing like I, she's come from so far and I was like yeah and her food looks delicious there's this one recipe she's done which is like a peanut butter and jelly pancake casserole oh, I saw that one. and I was like I'm like I'm doing that like I'm already I already have the, the ingredients in my phone under my notes like we're picking up these things but yeah that's somebody I would recommend um Again, she's new to me. She's probably, I mean, she's been around for a while, but I thought she was really inspiring. And I, her dishes, I'm definitely wanting to try already. And part of that show, right, is she's making, making, sometimes pre-making food so that it's ready yeah. to either serve or ready to, like, finish cooking later, right? Correct, yeah. She'll kind of get things done in, in bulk or she'll double, double up a recipe so she can have it for, like, the pre, the next Sunday. Yeah. Um, and then she'll visit, um, could visit like I think a, a farm or, or, or just showing how things are made or specific things made so it's kind of like little glimpses you can see in like the process of like cheese or whatever it is and then she'll come back to the kitchen and now she's incorporating that ingredient with that dish for the day I'm like oh she's pretty cool that's yeah that's awesome she seems really cool yeah. she's got a great personality and I those peanut butter and jelly pancakes did look good yeah right <laughs> <laughs> Although it does, so good. they are square, which bothers me. I really, you know, that's so funny you say that because I do the same thing, and I'm like, you know, I'll just put it in like a, you know, a circular cake pan, and yeah. I'll just do something like that with them. There's something <laughs> but I was like, about okay, a cake, square pancake that feels wrong. I'm gonna call it a breakfast bar. It's a breakfast yeah. bar. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, what are you working on right now, food related or not, that you want to share with listeners? Um, food related, I'm probably still going to be doing a lot of things with zucchini, but aside from that, I, <laughs> I have a lot of zucchini <laughs> champion. <laughs> I, I'm doing a lot of just small, um, indie film projects, um, that I'm working on. Some things are still on hiatus, uh, but for the most part, we've been doing a lot of like zoom auditions and kind of zoom work. Um, I was doing some things with theater 47. We had a play coming up that we have to postpone as well. Um, but just, just, again, just little projects, um, uh, these small indie films that I'm working on. You can catch me on Amazon Prime. Some of the stuff is released there. So, oh, yeah. um, there's like a social media comedy called Misrepresents. Um, there's a Chicago series drama called New Ties. So you can check those raunchy comedy series called Choke on That. So those guys are on Amazon Prime. You can check them out and see, but a lot of those oh, awesome. things we're working on season two and we're kind of just getting ready for things to pick up at some point. That's great. That's wonderful. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. folks will check those out. Yeah. Thank you so much. In the meantime, much. I'll be, yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so glad I got to talk with you and reminisce about being nine and making terrible rice. But it was, yes. <laughs> but I was, it was such a treat. It's a total treat. And I hope we get uh, to be reunited uh, non-virtually soon. <laughs> for sure. Maybe we can go to Golden Crust. Oh, now that, now we're talking. 
I want to thank you for joining me on Mirepoix Podcast and thank our house band, Siblings, for the use of their song, Jars. Be sure to check them out on Spotify. I also want to invite you to subscribe to financially support Mirepoix directly on Anchor and to follow me on Instagram, where you can receive behind-the-scenes content about this podcast and my own food practice. Till we feast again.